Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, the Tuesday edition with your host, John Rawl. Well, we are getting through the week bit by bit. And on today's show, we've got a look at headlines coming up in just a moment. Also, we'll be turning our attention later this hour to the world of politics as today marks the one-week spot from when the big general election, November 6th, takes place. And we'll give you a full lineup of contests going on across the region. We've got the president's itinerary between now and November 6th. And knowing the president, he's likely to add even more dates. But a lot of his campaign stops will be in Dixie over the next few days. And he will be a busy man. And he's not the only political person that will be in the South. President Obama will be in Georgia this weekend for a campaign rally for the governor candidate there. Stacey Abrams. We also have other Democratic figures coming to the South to get out the vote. So we'll have all that coming up in our political spotlight. We'll look at some of the key races going on. There's been some drama in Tennessee, for example, this week with Marsha Blackburn having some protesters interrupt a moment of silence for the victims of the synagogue killing in Pittsburgh. We'll tell you about that. Plus, we'll look at some of the governor's races going on in the South and something we haven't spent a lot of time talking on except for Tennessee, or rather, except for Georgia and Florida. But these aren't the only states that are having governor's races in a week. So we'll tell you some of the contests, which states might be a, a tough one to win. All that coming up in our political spotlight in just a few minutes here on the Y'all Show. When we flip the script to page two and go to hour two, we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman's come by with another delicious report can't wait for that and also we'll have our sports land yap in hour two looking around the college football landscape specifically on some of the teams that don't get attention as much as they probably should from time to time and we're going to hear from the houston cougars major apple white is the head coach of the cougs they had a big win over south florida this past weekend and houston jumped way up in the rankings this week They've got a talented defensive playmaker who some expect to be the number one draft pick when the NFL draft happens later in 2019. So we'll have all that coming up in hour two, and we'll look at some standings around the group of five and FCS ranks, all that ahead. And maybe we'll mix in a little NFL talk, too. You never know what's going to be in sports land yet. That's why we have that enigmatic name attached to it, just a grab bag of goodness in hour two. If you want to reach us here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, our number, 803-816-1170. That's a number you can call, you can text, you can do anything you want to reach out to us here. We'd love to hear your input on this show that's all about the South, y'all. Well, we start our What's Going On Around the Region right now today with the caravan. It's a coming. Now, whether it will get across the border is another story, but the Trump administration has announced it will deploy 5,200 soldiers to the U.S.-Mexico border as part of a newly launched Operation Secure Line initiative as this initiative is preparing for thousands of Central American migrants that are heading north, and the Pentagon and the Homeland Security officials announced this yesterday afternoon. 800 of those troops have already been deployed from Fort Campbell in Kentucky, and Fort Knox also in Kentucky, according to the U.S. Northern Command and North American Aerospace Defense Command General Terrence John O'Shaughnessy. The Department of Homeland Security last week deployed additional military personnel to the border 
as a caravan of people coming from Central America heads north. The wave of personnel will supplement the 2,100 National Guard troops already deployed to the Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California border. So the president's getting serious. I saw he had an interview last night on Fox News with Laura Ingram, and he calls this an invasion, and he's talking about how past administrations were babies and that they're not going to get into this country. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We don't want bloodshed, but you have to feel for the president in some ways because, look, this might be 7,000 people today. Well, if they're successful in getting across the border and we just let them come in, just no problem. What's going to say that next month is going to be twice that number? 50,000. What if the whole countries of Guatemala and Nicaragua and any of those other Central American countries just all of a sudden decide, you know, I think we'll just, it'll take us a week or so, but we're just going to go resettle in America, the promised land. What if all of that happened? And, and if we don't put a stop to it, then we, we deserve all of this caravan craziness. And so I, I, I want us to be able to succeed as a host of this show, as a proud American. And, of course, you have compassion. We, want, we need people to come to this country. But as the president has said over and over, there's a legal way to do it. And like I said, it may be 7,000 people in the next week. It could be 70,000 people before the end of the, before the end of the year. And who's going to take care of these people? That's the question. Okay, it's going to be the United States government. It's going to be your tax dollars. It's going to be my tax dollars, because these people aren't coming to this country rich. They're coming here with nothing. Now they're they're looking for an opportunity. They want to be the American success story. The Amer- they want to live the American dream. This is a country built on that American dream, but you have to do it in a legal and organized way. There are people who have been waiting a long time and doing it the legal way that deserve their chance at the American dream too. Keep that in mind. Not trying to be a mean person here, and I'm sure the president deep down is not trying to be mean. He's just trying to follow the law. I know I heard a comment the other day about our caravan talk, and it was a surprising feedback about our discussion here on the show. But again, as I just said, if, if it's 7,000 now, no telling what the number could be if this 7,000 gets across unchecked and it blends into society, then there should be no border. If, if President Trump can't succeed on this, then there should be no border ever. And just let anybody, anytime, any place come in, terrorists or not terrorists. It, what does it matter? <laughs> okay. All right. So that's going on now. Now, sadly, we still are reeling with the horrible tragedy from Pittsburgh from over the weekend. President Trump will be in Pittsburgh to give his condolences today. And 11 Jews were gunned down at this synagogue in Pittsburgh over the weekend. And now congressmen are calling for hearings on hate crimes and domestic terrorism And one of those leading the call is Memphis Congressman Steve Cohen, who represents the district around the Memphis area. And he and other Democrats sent a letter to the chair of the Judiciary Committee asking for the hearings. And Cohen said yesterday, enough is enough. He says, we just think there needs to be hearings 
these are serious criminal problems and criminal cases in our country. And this request comes in the wake of the three incidents in a week's time. The killings in Pittsburgh, the bomb mayhem that went on on Friday of last week with the arrest of a South Florida man. And then that incident where we told you about it last week when it happened outside of Louisville, where a man killed two black people at a Kroger store in the Louisville suburbs. And he did it for racial purposes, evidently. So just a senseless week there of that man doing that and what happened in Pittsburgh as well. So Congressman Cohen trying to make a difference there and get Congress involved on hearings on domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Now in Florida, the governor there, Rick Scott, he's ordered more patrols after the Pittsburgh killings. And he said in a statement that the act in Pittsburgh was an act of pure evil and hatred, and he said the Florida Highway Patrol would work with local law enforcement agencies to bolster community safety, and the governor said everyone deserved to express their religious beliefs safely and peacefully. In a separate statement, Orange County, Florida Sheriff Jerry Demings said his deputies would conduct extra patrols at Jewish centers and synagogues until further notice. Demings called the Pittsburgh shooting Another senseless act of gun violence against a place of worship. And you're seeing more and this, more and more of this across the nation, really. Now, I know that the population of Jews in the South is not maybe as numerous as in the North, but we do have our historic places. For example, Memphis, Tennessee has a significant number of Jews, and so does Atlanta, so does Charleston, your, your old cities for sure, New Orleans. And they're scattered throughout the South in, in pockets. But yeah, anti-Semitism, it looks to be on the rise according to the statistics we've seen pop up in the last few days and no place for it, absolutely no place for it. And I'll be a defender of Jews in the South. You know, Jews in the South have been here in a lot of cases longer than just about anybody. They were here in the early days, the settling of this country. Uh, of course, our American Indians were here first, but the colonial Americans some of which included Jewish Americans going to cities like Charleston, South Carolina. In fact, the Reformation Jew Church is, I think, traces its history to Charleston, South Carolina, the birthplace of the Reformation movement within the Jewish faith. So, did I say church? The Jewish faith. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Don't want to get it too religious here on you, but yes, we want to protect all of our Southerners, all of our Americans, no matter what their faith and the elected officials are trying to do the same. In North Carolina, the mother of a one-year-old who was swept into the floodwaters created by Hurricane Florence has now been charged in the boy's death. In Union County, North Carolina, the sheriff's office said on its Facebook page, 20-year-old Dazia Adia Lee of Charlotte is now charged with involuntary manslaughter and driving on a closed or unopened highway. Lee told news outlets she wasn't from the area and was unfamiliar with the roads. Authorities said the water from a rain-swollen creek pushed her car off the road and left her stuck in a group of trees the night of September 16th. She said she was able to get Caden Lee Welch out of the car, but the water caused her to lose her grip. Multiple law enforcement teams searched for the youngster that night and again in the morning when his body was found. Again, he was one years old, one year old, 
when the floodwaters killed him after Hurricane Florence came through. That seems a little harsh that they would charge her for the death of her child, her young son, after that. Now, sure, she shouldn't have been driving down the road, but golly, she said she wasn't from the area. And this happened near Monroe, North Carolina. And she was from Charlotte, which is about a 25-30 minute drive from Charlotte to Monroe. And perhaps she was unfamiliar. And obviously, if there was a lot of flood water that was raining, I don't know, that seems a little harsh to me. So well, I'm sure it'll all get straightened out. But also in North Carolina, in Charlotte, a Butler High student was shot during a fight on the Matthews campus Monday morning. And police say that he has now died. Authorities have now identified the suspect and victim. The victim was 16-year-old Bobby McKeithen, who was a sophomore at Butler High there in North Carolina. And the perpetrator is ninth grader, uh, ninth grader there at Butler, Jetwan Krog Cuffey, age 16. He's been charged with first-degree murder. So not often do you see fights that lead to death on school grounds, but that's what happened at Butler High School in the Matthews section of Charlotte on Monday. Sad news there. McKeithen was taken to Carolina's Medical Center where he died. The shooting occurred after a disagreement between two students, and the superintendent said in the news outside the school that the fight broke out shortly after the start of the school day. An incident occurred in a hallway, and there were many young people who witnessed the tragedy. So, yes, right after 7 o'clock on Monday, before classes started, this fight turned deadly, and one student kills another right there on school grounds in North Carolina. In Decatur and DeKalb County, Georgia, just a few miles east of downtown Atlanta, people living in one Atlanta community there voiced their concerns about receiving a stash of KKK recruitment flyers in the neighborhood. And a resident there, Sandra Harris, said she thought it was horrible, in the age that we live in, you would think we'd have progressed a little bit further. Harris is beyond appalled at the KKK recruiting flyers that have surfaced in the neighborhood. And she says that it seemed like we were going forward, but now we're going backwards. So I don't know the racial demographics of the neighborhood, but my guess is it's probably not a very uh, exclusive white area. So I don't know who they're recruiting. The KKK, if this is a actual KKK recruitment, it's not hard to go to a Xerox machine and copy horrible things and leave it scattered across the neighborhood. I don't know. I don't want to speculate here, but I, I've I've seen before where things like this have been used as pranks, and that's a terrible word, but used not for the intended purpose, you might say. In fact, some well, sometimes. These flyers contain false information. For example, the website or the phone number would be an inaccurate number. But if if true, if this was a legitimate flyer being spread about, it seems rather insane. Okay, The message was sent, went on to say that the KKK is spreading these flyers at varying locations in black and Jewish communities throughout the state. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, once again, racial... I guess, feelings, racial division popping up across the country. But there in DeKalb County, Georgia, certainly don't know what to make of that insanity. In Tennessee, a man is scheduled to be executed, and Tennessee death row inmate Edmund Zagorski is now asking a judge 
to issue an emergency order putting a halt to his execution, which is scheduled for Thursday. He filed a complaint in Nashville court of the U.S. District Judge Alita Trauger, arguing that it is unconstitutional to force him to choose between electrocution and lethal injection. Trauger dismissed the claim, saying that the courts had already ruled on the issue. On Sunday, the lawyers for Zagorski asked the judge to reconsider. They also argued that they need access to a phone during the execution in case anything goes wrong. Trauger ordered the state to respond by midday on Monday on that issue. He's been sentenced in the death of 1984 for robbing and killing two men during a drug deal. But this man asking the court to stop Thursday's scheduled electrocution. This is the guy I think we asked, we've been telling you about, ask for this electrocution. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but yes, Thursday, Edmund Zikorski is scheduled to be put to death in the volunteer state. The governor of Missouri is going to be in the boot hill today. He will be visiting Poplar Bluff. Governor Mike Parson will be at the school, and according to his communications director, the visit is to announce the signing of House Bill 3, which is, establishes a statewide STEM career awareness program allowing students to gain graduating credits in computer science. And the bill was sponsored by a Boot Hill area representative, Travis Fitzwater. But the governor from Jefferson City coming down to Poplar Bluff to visit the Poplar Bluff R1 High School today as he is on a tour across the state of Missouri. The Republican headquarters in Volusia County, Florida, was riddled with bullets this past weekend. According to leaders there, police are investigating. At least four shots were fired overnight Sunday, according to Volusia County Republican Chairman Tony Ledbetter. Ledbetter said everything was okay when volunteers left the building at 4 p.m. Sunday, but when they returned at 9.30 on Monday morning, at least one window was broken. The chairman said he believes it was, quote, more than likely a drive-by shooting. Daytona Police Department officials did not immediately respond to requests for comment on the incident. And a Democratic state representative there, Patrick Henry, who oversees Volusia County, said he's disheartened and angry about the shooting, noting your party affiliation should never make you a target of gun violence. So we'll have to see if that was a legitimate attack or just some kind of random shooting. But looking at the photo of the Volusia County Republican headquarters, no mistaking, there's plenty of signs on the door for Ron DeSantis, who's the Republican candidate for governor. You see some Trump signs, some Republican elephant-type logos on the signage there. And, yes, someone did a little drive-by fun on the headquarters in the nighttime hours, it looks like. We'll take a break here on the Y'all Show. We've got more activity across the South to get to. Plus, before we get out of here this hour, we'll take a look at some more political talk. We've got this Republican headquarters being hit in Florida. Well, Marsha Blackburn was the target of a verbal abuse in Nashville over the weekend. We'll tell you about that as the Y'all Show continues. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
moving expenses? There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Thanks for joining us. We've got plenty of good political talk coming up after this next time out. And in hour two, we'll talk barbecue and college football. Hey, sounds like a deal, huh? 
Well, back to what's going on across the region. A man in Ocala, Florida has been arrested for allegedly plotting to blow up Target stores along the East Coast. And he's been now been sentenced to 40 years in federal prison. Authorities said Mark Charles Barnett of Ocala thought the explosions would cause the company's stock to plunge, allowing him to cheaply acquire shares. Okay, this may be the dumbest thing I've ever read on the show, and I've read some real doozies. Court records show Barnett was sentenced earlier this month in federal court in Ocala. The 50-year-old was convicted in July of attempted arson, possession of an unregistered firearm, and making an unregistered firearm. Barnett was arrested in February 2017 after he offered to pay another man $10,000 to place at least 10 improvised explosive bombs disguised in food item packaging on store shelves from New York to Florida. The man instead gave the devices to federal agents. Barnett is also, uh, no surprise here, a registered sex offender. But this now man now sentenced for his plot to bomb Target department stores, and he's now been sentenced to 40 years in federal prison. See you later. And Target stock probably will only go up now, knowing this guy's off the streets. A man in South Carolina has been arrested after authorities say he was acting as a Secret Service imposter. And he had a badge, a gun, and a vehicle with blue lights and a siren. And he's now been arrested. The Greenville County, South Carolina Sheriff's Office warned residents about the man Saturday. And police said a suspect was in custody the next day. The, suspe- the suspect, who's not been identified, was, quote, representing himself as a police officer or a U.S. Secret Service agent, according to the Greenville County Sheriff's Office. He was described as a man wearing a dark shirt, blue jeans, sunglasses, and a baseball hat. And it was unclear how authorities apprehended him. I guess going around with a siren and blue lights and you're not part of the force would be one way to get busted. But this man allegedly posing as a law enforcement official as a Secret Service imposter at that. Yeah, those guys are pretty tough. Usually there's no mistaking. If you're going to be a Secret Service actor, which is not something I encourage you to dress up for for Halloween tomorrow. <laughs> if you're going to be a Secret Service guy for Halloween, you got to have the shaved hair, the little thing dangling out of your ear, and you got to be very muscular and tough. And I do not qualify for any of those things. First off, i got a pretty hair. i got a pretty head of hair. I don't want to shave it. I don't want to have a a bald cut to look tough. I I like the way I look. So I I would have to turn down an offer to be in the Secret Service right now. Oh, by the way, I probably wouldn't pass the physical too, but uh, that's another story. Hey, how about Matthew McConaughey back in his native state of Texas? And he came back to help give first responders a little cheer. He went to Texas. He went to Houston specifically and met with firefighters, police officers, and 911 operators in the Bayou City. And they got quite a surprise from this Oscar winner. And he delivered a catered lunch to give thanks on National First Responders Day. The actor wheeled in a roasted turkey on Sunday to the shock of all of those at the fire department. And he did the same for police and 911 operators at other facilities in the Houston area. Not bad for a guy from Austin. And he told the Associated Press he wanted to do something in his home state, particularly for Houston. The city dealt with the devastating effects of Hurricane Harvey last year. The mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner, was on hand when McConaughey was there. And he praised the actor for 
never forgetting his roots. McConaughey made the trip as part of a promotion for Wild Turkey. He's a creative director and spokesman for Wild Turkey. I thought he might have been giving away Fords. Isn't he the spokesperson for Ford as well? I think he is. But yeah, for Wild Turkey, I wonder if he was giving out any samples of that. Now that would have gone over quite well, <laughs> I'm sure, in Houston or or in any neighborhood in the in Texas or the, the rest of the country for that matter. Matthew Bagane, good job there. He, he needed that Wild Turkey because the prior evening his beloved Texas Longhorns went down in defeat to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And I'm sure Matthew was ready to, to go do something nice after he probably was quite angry watching that one go down in Stillwater. Sad news from the Commonwealth of Virginia as a Florida man aged 99 years old died on a Virginia highway. Police are investigating the crash of a minivan, minivan driven by 99-year-old Lester P. White of Hobe Sound, Florida. He was traveling alone in Augusta County on Interstate 81 when the single vehicle crash occurred in the southbound lanes in Augusta County, Virginia. Police say White's minivan ran off the right side of the interstate Saturday, crossed back on the southbound lanes, and then ran off the right side of the interstate, striking a guardrail and two highway signs. The man was not wearing a seatbelt and was partially ejected from the vehicle. But 99 years old, driving all by himself on a Virginia interstate, this Florida man, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, probably heading north, probably somewhere to, on Interstate 181, that's in western Virginia, that's west. That's kind of in the Shenandoah Valley, if I'm not mistaken, probably headed to Pennsylvania, Ohio, somewhere like that, if I had to guess. But yeah, 99 years old is still driving, although he lost his life in this horrible accident. After crashing into cars, another Virginia man is alive, but now is under arrest. And he was arrested yesterday after allegedly striking 10 vehicles in a parking lot. And then the man climbed onto the roof of a Five Guys hamburger joint to evade police. This happened in Stafford County, and deputies responded to the Stafford Marketplace after reports of multiple car accidents at, get this, 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday. Police say the driver was driving a pickup, and he was 37-year-old James Edward Bauman Jr., and he fled on foot and successfully scaled a pipe on the side of the Five Guys, and the suspect, who police believe was intoxicated, you think? Yeah. At, at what did I say, 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock in the morning, intoxicated on a Monday. Okay, this wasn't Sunday morning or Saturday morning after a wild night. This was Monday morning at 10 o'clock. They believe he was intoxicated, then hid inside an air conditioning unit on the roof of the five guys. And then deputies from the Stafford County Sheriff's Office found him inside that unit and took him into custody. Yeah. In Virginia, another D-U-M-M Southerner now off in the jail cell after causing this much nonsense in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Ten vehicles in a parking lot struck by him, and then he climbed on the roof of five guys to evade police. Yeesh. All right. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will talk politics. We've got a quick update on what's coming up as we're now one week away from the huge November 6th general election. We'll break down a few races. We'll give you kind of a scoop on a few of these, where we think they're heading. All that is up next here on The Y'all Show.
Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you you take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. This is the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent with John Rawl, and we can be found on the World Wide Web at y'all, 
Y'all-Baseball-Caps.com. Go there right now and see the awesome Y'all-Baseball-Caps. Order one today. Be the envy of all, y'all. Y'all.com. And you'll see the link to our show. You can go here. Old episodes of the Y'all Show absolutely free. You can like. You can share. You can also contact us via our email address. We've got a phone number, 803-816-1170. It's all right there. Easy as pie. Easy as peach pie, y'all. 803-816-1170 and y'all.com. Well, we're only a week away now from the big November 6th general election, the midterms. And here on the Y'all Show, we're going to do a little political talk here for a few as we wrap up our one. Now, there are plenty of big Senate races. We know that. We've covered it to some degree on the Y'all Show. Plenty of big governor's races. We're aware of that. We're going to tell you about a few in a few seconds here on the show. But up first... Not just Congress, not just Senate, not just governors on the ballot on November 6th in some areas of the South. There's actually going to be some initiatives going on, and I wanted to tell you about a few of them that may be affecting you in certain southern states, perhaps other states around the country. Abortion rights will be something on a ballot initiative in the states of Alabama and West Virginia next week, so keep an eye on that if you live in those states. Healthcare policies will be debated in the states of Idaho, Nebraska, and Utah, and then the states of Missouri, Utah, and a couple others will all have gerrymandering rules on their ballot initiatives going on on November 6th. So keep that in mind when you go to the polls if you live in a state that may have that thrown in there. Also, in the state of Arkansas, voters will be able to cast on November 6th for or against issue four. And if voted on, it would amend the Arkansas Constitution to authorize four casinos to operate in the natural state. And that would be a huge blow to Louisiana and Shreveport, where they have casinos near Arkansas's line. It would be a big blow to Tunica, Mississippi. And wherever else, I guess in Missouri, they've got a casino right across the bridge there from Tennessee, Dyersburg. And that's not far from North East Arkansas. So yes, this could be a, a game changer really for the state surrounding Arkansas if approved. So we'll keep an eye what happens in the state of Arkansas as they have a issue four on the ballot next week. Now, Barack Obama will be heading to Georgia as he's going to come in the closing days of the hotly contested governor's election going on in the Peach State. Obama will campaign with Democrat Stacey Abrams and other Democrats at Morehouse College in Atlanta on Friday. Now, President Trump will also be coming to Georgia. We'll tell you where he's coming in just a few seconds because he's coming to a bunch of places. But on the Democratic side, Obama coming to Georgia. I know Biden's been in Georgia and other southern states. I don't think I've seen Hillary Clinton too much in the south at least campaigning but a lot of the democratic strategy is to get out the vote that's what they're pushing get out the vote and i think that's what they're doing at morehouse college in georgia this weekend now to to the president and boy he's adding more and more stops every day and here's the latest schedule that i have for the president as he's out trying to get republicans to the polls or vote early And a lot of these stops are in the South, okay? So here we go. Starting tomorrow night in Fort Myers, Florida, he'll have a rally. And then he'll be in Columbia, Missouri 
on Thursday in Como for a rally there. He's got a busy day also on Friday. He'll be in Huntington, West Virginia, as well as Indianapolis, Indiana on Friday. Saturday, he will be in Belgrade, Montana. And let's see if he's got anything else scheduled. Yes, he'll be in Pensacola, Florida as well later that evening. He'll be in Pensacola at 6.30 Pensacola time on Saturday, going from Montana to Pensacola in a couple hours and putting on two different rallies. But this man's capable of doing it. On Sunday, he's got two rallies in the south. He'll be in Chattanooga and in Macon. The first stop will be in Macon as he'll be there at 4 Eastern and then in Chattanooga at 7 o'clock on Sunday. And then on Monday, he's got two stops, uh, no, rather three stops, Cleveland, Ohio, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then he'll be wrapping it up Monday night in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Now, what's crazy about that is he was just in Murfreesboro, Illinois on Friday. And Murfreesboro, Illinois is like 10 miles, if that, from Cape Girardeau. Yeah, it's across the river, across the Mississippi over in southern Illinois. But to go to roughly the same place twice in about five days seems kind of overkill to me. But, hey, I guess he knows what he's doing, President Trump, that is. Now, he's not the only Republican coming south to help out. Paul Ryan, who is not running for office, giving up politics, it looks like. He's coming to Kentucky to campaign for Andy Barr, who's in a heated race with Democratic challenger Amy McGrath. And the Speaker of the House who's giving that role up will be at a private event at Toyota Toshio in Georgetown to campaign for the Republican candidate. The general public is not allowed in, but the employees of that Toyota plant and elected officials are allowed to attend. Isn't that interesting? But that is going on as Paul Ryan comes south to help out a friend. And now to the Volunteer State. And we've told you before about the contested race between Marsha Blackburn and Phil Bredesen as they're going for the seat that Bob Corker currently has but is giving up. And on Sunday night in Nashville, Marsha Blackburn had a rally, and it got a little, really got a little trashy, to be honest with you, as she asked for a moment of silence at this rally for the victims of the synagogue killing in Pittsburgh. And during that moment of silence, a woman jumped up, called Marsha Blackburn a white supremacist, I think, and a couple other people ended up getting kicked out of the event. Just a a real tacky thing in Middle Tennessee at this event. And Bredesen has put out some kind of statement condemning it. But still, just why are these people interrupting? Why are they doing it in such a a very... Uh, I guess a solemn time to to remember those victims. I mean, just complete fools. And of course, I knew it. The person calling her out, a white supremacist, was a white person. That always seems to be the case. But uh, yeah, this Blackburn called this an, a liberal, angry mob crashing her get out the vote rally. Now, I got to give her credit. There's a commercial that I saw. She's got old D.W. Daryl Waltrip in a television commercial on her behalf, and he talks about her, and then she pulls up in a race car and gives a thumb up, thumbs up, and it's just real redneck, but Daryl Waltrip helping out his fellow Franklin, Tennessee resident, Marsha Blackburn, perhaps that will help lead her to across the finish line and get the checker flag against Phil Bredesen. But yeah, the, the Tennessee race certainly something that's going to be one to watch for. 
on election night. Most experts say she's got about a six-point lead, I think, was the latest on that. She may be able to pull that out in Tennessee, but Marsha Blackburn, Phil Bredesen, a race to be on the lookout for, for sure. Now, to Mississippi, they've got quite an unusual Senate race going on between Cindy Hyde-Smith, Mike Espy, and Chris McDaniel, as this is a three-person, really it's a four-person, there's also another Democrat, Tony Toby Barty in it, but these four people are vying, and the person that gets to 50% wins. But I don't think anybody's going to get to 50% on the November 6th vote, so you'll have a runoff between the top two people. And in the latest projections coming out from 538, it says that Cindy Smith is... Chances of winning are about 87%, while Espy is at 12%, and McDaniel is less than one. I don't believe that. I still think Chris McDaniel is going to emerge as the winner in this Senate race in Mississippi. Call me call me crazy. I just, I just got a gut feeling. This is a guy that should have won against Thad Cochran. He did beat Thad Cochran in their original race, but he didn't get to 50%, and then Haley Barber and others got in there and really torpedoed his campaign. And Thad Cochran was reelected and did absolutely nothing as was expected for the next two years. And then ended up having to resign earlier this year because of health reasons. And the governor got this former agricultural commissioner who was a Democrat at one time, not long ago, Cindy Smith, to be the interim senator. But the Mississippi race wanted to be on the lookout for November 6th as well. And now let's talk about some governor's races, as that's something we have talked a little bit about for Florida and Georgia, but they're not the only races going on in the South to be on the lookout for on November 6th. You've got governor's races, all expected to be Republican wins in Texas, in Arkansas, in Alabama, and South Carolina. Now, the states that could be a little bit of one to watch out for are Oklahoma, where you don't have an incumbent, and also Tennessee has a little bit of a toss-up there in the volunteer state between Bill Lee, a newcomer, and Carl Dean. So those states are leaning Republican, but could go the other way. But the other states, Alabama, South Carolina, Arkansas, Texas, all expected to re-elect their incumbents. Of course, Georgia and Florida are the states that are completely toss-ups at this point. And that is a trend you see a lot in states like South Dakota and Iowa right now. But in the South, the only two states that are complete toss-ups are those border states of Georgia and Florida, as they both have the potential to be historic wins for Democrats, with Florida electing potentially its first black governor and Georgia potentially electing its first black governor, which would also be the first female governor that is black in America. But the Republicans are trying to put a stop to all that. We'll just have to see. That's why everybody needs to go vote. If you're listening to us in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi, wherever you're listening to us, vote, vote, vote. That's what you should be doing. Well, that is our election spotlight, our political spotlight here on the Y'all Show. Hope you enjoyed that little glance of what all's going on. When we come back in hour two, we'll have our sports lanyard. What's going on in college football? Houston Cougars are looking good. We'll have some audio from the head coach of the Cougs. Plus, we'll have Matthew Hearman's, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, with his usual grilling goodness 
That's all next on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Another hour of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent is back with you. Hello there, your host, John Rawl. Our number is 803-816-1170. Call us, Texas. We'd love to hear from you. The barrister of Bodacious Barbecues headed your way in the next segment. So if you want to hear some good talk about barbecue and what to do to the grill this weekend, well, stick around for Matt Hearman's incredible report that is ahead on the program but right now it's sports land yeah where we kind of dive into the world of sports and give some attention to maybe some things that don't often come to the top of the surface here in the world of the south and then southern sports for sure and we start out our talk today about baseball and over the weekend the boston red sox clinched the world series over the los angeles dodgers they're celebrating in bean town today as they have the World Series crown. So congrats to the Bosox on that. Adam Wainwright has finalized a bonus-laden $2 million deal with the Cards as he became a free agent on Monday, and then he went in and signed this $2 million one-year contract with St. Louis that gives him a chance to earn $8 million in performance bonuses as a starting pitcher, $3 million in bonuses for relief appearances, and another $4 million more in bonuses for games finished. Why didn't I learn how to become a Major League Baseball pitcher? Good Lord. He was coming off a 
$97.5 million five-year contract that paid $19.5 million in 2018 because he became a free agent. The maximum cut rule no longer applied for St. Louis. And so he'll be back wearing the Cardinals uniform in 2019, Adam Wainwright. So good news if you're a Cards fan on that front. NASCAR, the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup standings. The latest on that, Joey Logano is out front at number one, followed by Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr. is three in the standings. Kevin Harvick is fourth. Kurt Busch is fifth. NASCAR will be racing this weekend in Texas. Then they go to Phoenix, and then they wrap up the playoffs with the last race of the year down at Homestead in Miami in a couple of weeks. But the NASCAR boys wrapping up 2018, and Logano right now, he got the win at Martinsville this past weekend. He's on top of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup standings right now. To the world of football, and the Cleveland Browns got rid of their coach on Monday, and owner Jimmy Haslam, who is a native of Knoxville, Tennessee, said the firing of coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley does not mean the team's given up on this season. Remember, the Browns actually have done something they haven't done in a while. They've won a couple of games here this year already. But after losing a game to Pittsburgh over the weekend, the owner decided to do something about the way the team was headed and made the change. And now they brought in Greg Williams, who was the defensive coordinator for Cleveland, to be the interim coach. Williams has been a head coach in the NFL before. I think he was with the Bills, if memory serves me correctly. And now he'll be an interim coach. And, hey, if he does a good job, he may have a chance to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns starting next year. By the way, Jimmy Haslam, his claim to fame was he is the head of the Pilot Corporation, which has flying J truck stops and more. And he began at Pilot back in 1976. Before that, he'd been a student at the University of Tennessee. And his roommate at UT was Bob Corker, who went on to become the senator from Tennessee and is leaving office here pretty soon. But, and of course, Haslam's little brother is the current governor, Bill Haslam, of the state of Tennessee. But Jimmy Haslam, owner of the Cleveland Browns, and had to make a decision this week, and they're going to go in a different direction with the Browns at some point. It could end up being the interim coach if he has a good rest of 2018. Well, things in Tinseltown aren't so good for former Auburn quarterback turned Houston Cougar quarterback Clay Helton as the head coach of the Trojans. Helton has taken away offensive play call duties from T. Martin, the guy that quarterbacked the Tennessee Vols to a 1998 national championship. Helton had been the playmaking caller for the Trojans for a couple of years, but in the last two or three years, I think he's given those duties to Martin. Well, he's taken that role over. Martin remains as offensive coordinator, but he did make one firing on Monday as the Trojans fired offensive line coach Neil Calloway, who prior to Tinseltown had been the head coach of the UAB Blazers. The Trojans are not having a good season in 2018, and Clay Helton making changes with his staff there in South L.A. Now to the world of college football's standings and taking a look at the group of five as we'll do a spotlight on the ACC Wednesday and the SEC on Thursday. The AAC, the UCF Knights, continue to impress. They're ranked number nine now in the country. They're 7-0 and overall, undefeated in AAC action. The Knights and the Temple Owls are atop the East Division of the AAC, but that won't last for long. Those two teams, which are 4-0 and in conference play, 
meet in the Thursday night game this week in Orlando. So the clarification will come true. Cincinnati had a dramatic win this past weekend at SMU, and the Bearcats are 7-1, and 3-1 and in conference play. South Florida lost at Houston. More on the Cougars in a second. The Cougars are atop the West Division of the AAC and ranked number 17 in the country and 7-1 and overall right now. Moving over to the Big 12, the Texas Longhorns, after losing to Oklahoma State, still are atop the standings, but they're tied with Oklahoma and West Virginia right now in the Big 12. The Iowa State Cyclones at 3-2 and two in conference play, nipping on their heels. And remember, the top two teams of the Big 12 will become the participants in the first Big 12 championship game in December. So you don't have to be the winner this year in the regular season. You get a chance to play for the conference title if you're just one of the top two teams. Other teams in the South, standing-wise, to tell you about, FIU continues to impress this year. They are 6-2 and two overall, undefeated in Conference USA play. The UAB Blazers, the story of football perhaps this year, 7-1 and one overall, and they are 5-0 and oh in Conference USA. Another big win for them over this past weekend. In the Sun Belt Conference, Georgia Southern, after knocking off Appalachian State in a big upset last week, the Eagles are atop the Sunbelt East Division with a 4-0 mark, 7-1 overall. Troy also at 4-0 in the East Division. On the west side, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe and the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns are 2-2. Two two. Both of those teams are 4-4 four and four, four and four overall as well. But the East looking like the better division of the Sunbelt right now. We'll get to some FCS talk in a moment, but we want to tell you a little bit more about the Houston Cougars with that big win the Cougs had over South Florida this past weekend, Major Applewhite has got a program that continues to impress. They didn't just beat South Florida. They beat them 57-36. to 36. They had seven touchdowns in that game for Mr. King, Derek King, the quarterback for Houston. Seven touchdowns, which led them to the victory over the Bulls. And we're going to go now here. Major Applewhite, he held a telephone press conference Monday. And let's hear a little bit about this talented coach and his program in the Bayou City. I'm just very proud of the way our guys uh, prepared for this game. It was a big day for us on campus to have a 2.30 national television game and probably get the way our guys prepared and played for four quarters. And obviously, De'Eric had a sensational game and uh, just continues to play at a high level. And so proud of the way he's playing and preparing and as well as the other players on our team. Um, but particularly just, just for him, you know, he's prepared at such a high level. He's waited for this moment. He's doing such a great job, and um, he's just such a great person. It's a, it's a great testimony to him that with the success he's had the last eight weeks, he's he's the same person that came in here summer of 16, and uh, just so proud of him. Um, so now it's on. It's over. It's, uh, it's time to move on, and we're back on the road again. Another night game against a conference opponent on the road, which is always tough, and uh, we're playing an SMU team that's playing its best football right now. And, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're coming alive as a football team, so we've got to be prepared and ready to go at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Well, I mean, the, the scheme is, is, is tremendous. And, you know, all, it's a combination. It's a combination of, um, you know, the scheme be fitting our players' skills and it's a combination of our, of our players working hard and being diligent in their preparation. And it's a, it's a great scheme, fun scheme to play in. I mean, it's... Uh, it's action-packed. I mean, you, you have to have your eyes open at all times. We can call your number. It's aggressive. And uh, the players are continuing to buy into it more and more every week, and they see the success that it can bring. And so as long as we just keep that same mentality, 
you know, we, we hope to continue to have these same results. So just aggressive scheme and then players buying into it and making sure that that scheme works on game day. Major Applewhite, head coach of the Houston Cougars, which are 7-1, and one, ranked number 19 in the country this week. They jumped in in the rankings at number 19 after a big win over South Florida, 57-36 last weekend. Houston is at SMU this weekend, so we'll keep an eye on how they're going to finish out the rest of the way. They've got SMU, then a game against Temple in Houston, then they play the Tulane Green Wave. They wrap up the season on November 23rd at the Liberty Bowl against the Memphis Tigers. Down to the FCS ranks and taking a look at the standings there, the Kennesaw State Owls continue to be atop the standings and atop the, the poll, really. They're not number one, but they're pretty close to it in the FCS ranks. The Owls are 7-1 and one in the Big South Conference. They're 3-0. and oh. CAA, you got four teams that are atop the standings there. Delaware, James Madison, Towson, and the Maine Black Bears all doing well this season, all with winning records. So keep an eye on what's going on there. Hey, this team just moved up to the FCS ranks from Division II, the North Alabama Lions in Florence, Alabama, and they are 5-3 and three this year. They're, most of their teams that they played are not necessarily FCS teams this year. They're still playing Division II. But, hey, the Lions, a team to be on the lookout. They'll be moving to the Big South Conference in the next year or two. MEAC Conference, the Florida A&M Rattlers are atop that conference with a 5-0 and mark. 6-2 and two overall, the North Carolina A&T Aggies, 3-1, and 6-2. and two. Of course, A&T had that big win over East Carolina earlier in the season. OVC, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, 5-1 and one, and at the top of the conference there with a 6-2 and two mark overall. SEMO, 4-1, and one, as well as Murray State in the OVC. In the Southern Conference, the Wofford Terriers and the ETSU Bucks are tied atop, but uh, Wofford has the tiebreaker after they dispatched the Bucks a couple weeks ago. And the Bucks now 7-2 and two on the season. What a great turnaround for a team that was dormant and then came back to life about four years ago. Randy Sanders, the head coach in Johnson City. The McNeese State Cowboys lead the conference in the Southland Conference. They are 5-1 and one and 6-2 and two overall down in Lake Charles. Good job, Cowboys. In the SWAC, the Alcorn State Braves dominate the East Division with a 6-1 and one conference record, 7-2 and two overall. And the Jaguars from Southern are atop the West Division of the SWAC with a 4-1 conference mark and a 5-3 overall spot. So that's what's going on in the FCS ranks. This weekend, one game I'm going to keep an eye on and General Gridiron is going to break down comes to us from our friends in Yankee land, Dartmouth and Princeton. These two teams have yet to lose a game this year. And in the Ivy League, they face off this weekend. So the Mean Green and the Tigers of Princeton and a battle to see who will maybe emerge as the Ivy League champion. So if you like small football, keep an eye on that one. Both Dartmouth and Princeton undefeated so far in 2018. And that's what's going on in sports land yap here this week. Talking Ivy League football, golly, what are we talking about? We talk cutsy football. Now, I saw that in the standings. I'm like, that would be a cool thing. So General Gridiron is going to break down that matchup this weekend. Remember, as much as we want to laugh at our friends up north in the Ivy League, we probably wouldn't have football if teams like Harvard and Yale and Princeton didn't start playing football way back in the, what, 1860s and 1870s. So thank you, Smarty Pants Yankee Schools. When we come back, Smarty Pants barbecue guy Matt Hermans will be our guest, and he's going to tell us all about pork shoulder. I cannot wait. That's ahead on his barbecue report on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. 
Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. It is Tuesday, and if you look on the calendar, you know exactly what Tuesdays mean. Well, Saturdays are for the boys, but Tuesdays are for the barbecue and grilling here on the All Southern Show with John Rawl. And to do that, we bring on the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue to the All Show. And that would be the barrister himself, Matt Hermans. Hello, Matt. Happy Tuesday, John. How are you? I am doing great. And trick or treat, what do you give barbecue away on Halloween night? You know, I've, I've talked to my wife about that, maybe handing out ribs <laughs> uh, one at a time. But, uh, you know, she thinks seems to think there may be a a little bit of an issue there. But, you know, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll do candy. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the day I can hand out ribs and pork sandwiches. Yeah, well, I've, you let me know when that happens, and I'll be sure to stop by your place. Absolutely. We'll talk grilling. We'll talk. I think a shoulder is up next for us to talk about this. We we broke down ribs last week on the program. 
So I want to get into all of that fun. But, Matt, we were in the previous segment bragging on the Houston Cougars uh, in our sports land yap segment of the show this week. Houston got a big upset of South Florida this past weekend. Your thoughts on what's going on with Major Applewhite's program? Yeah, that was a big win. I, I as people uh, people followed along, we've talked Big Twelve and some other stuff along the way, and I've uh, the Big Twelve season's been tumultuous. But I can tell you that I was uh, I was all over this Houston pick this last week. I, I had a good feeling that uh, the Cougars would uh, would beat the South Florida Bulls uh, fairly handily. Just having watched the Houston program, so mm-hmm. I, I think Major Applewhite is a I think he's a good hire. Uh, I think he's a good offensive mind. Um, he's actually picked, uh, kind of continued that program along the same trajectory it was before. There, there was uh, Coach Levine there for a couple of years. They took a step back, but um, he's got them back on pace. They still have that uh, explosive offense, and they've got a pretty good defense, and uh, that's a pretty good team. The only loss this year was to um, Texas Tech, and that's it. They've rolled over everybody else. Yeah. So uh, that was a good, good win, good win. But I, I kind of saw that one coming. South Florida's been an interesting team this year, um, literally. Yeah, they barely escaped Tulsa a couple yeah. weeks ago. One yeah, one I, name I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this year, and he was the number one prospect for the NFL going into the season. I don't think he's having a bad year, but what do you think of Ed Oliver, the talented defensive tackle for Houston? He's a pretty good player. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll end up still being a pretty high draft pick. Um, he didn't uh, – he's been double teamed a lot this year. Ah, no wonder uh, which, I haven't heard much is, about him. Yeah, which is, you know, not terribly shocking. Um, but, you know, I guess he's doing his job. If he's double teamed and uh, occasionally triple teamed or two and a half, uh, <laughs> he's got a sliding blocker. I mean, he's not going to – he's going to be doing his job. He's going to open up the, some opportunities for the other guys on the line. So, I think that's part of it. Uh, the other side of it, he is uh, – he's a motor guy. He's not the biggest defensive lineman you've ever seen in your life. I think he's about uh, maybe 5'10 or so, but he's just got a got an incredible motor and incredible strength. He's a pretty – he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. I just think he's drawing so much attention that he's opening up uh, other opportunities for, for the rest of the D-line there. That's, that's my thought. All right, back on the Big 12 beat. Big win for the man that's over 40 years old coaching the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Mike Gundy, his team get a, got a big win over Texas this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this goes along with kind of the tradition we have uh, on the show as far as me predicting uh, games that, that I'm wrong about pretty much every week, and this is one of those as well. I mean, Oklahoma State has looked absolutely horrible. Um, and had uh, had just been destroyed at home uh, pretty much all season long. And then, uh, of course, Texas was rolling, looking fantastic. And, uh, of course, they go into Oklahoma State and lose. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way the Big 12's been this year. I was absolutely shocked at that game and how it how it turned out. But, uh, yeah, there's fireworks at the end, too, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, late game uh, – uh, fireworks from the the man who's now forty eight, I think, and uh, <laughs> and Tom and Tom Harvey. Yeah, and I gave that sound effect just a second ago because in his post game press conference, love what he had to say about Twitter, and he used that sound effect there. So if you want a good laugh, go check it out 
Mike Gunny's postgame presser after the Texas win. Another team struggled on the road this past weekend. The Texas Tech Red Raiders went all the way up to Ames, and man, they yep. they hung in there. But in the end, was was it a backup quarterback that got called for that safety when he threw the ball away? Uh, no, he's well. The Texas Tech played so many quarterbacks this year that it'd be hard to to tell he's a back. No, this is the true freshman who's been the starter since the actual starter went down. Uh, essentially the second string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he was—he looked like a true freshman in yeah. Ames. Uh, Iowa State is uh, really playing well right now. And uh, since they brought in Brock Purdy, uh, the uh, also freshman quarterback, they've just been a different team, uh, especially at home. Uh, they're going to claim some other uh, skins this year, I think, uh, teams that come to Ames. They're just playing very, very well. Texas Tech has been been playing well also, but the Alan Bowman, the freshman quarterback, just simply looks like a freshman. You always wait for that game yeah. to happen. There's always, No matter how well a true freshman quarterback is playing, you, you always just kind of wait for that game when, when he becomes a freshman and makes freshman mistakes. And uh, it's not going too far to say that that, that that play literally lost the game right then and there for them. Uh, but, you know, freshman quarterbacks do freshman things. And he did freshman things for sure, but I wouldn't take anything away from Iowa State. That that is a good football team playing very well right now. Brock Purdy, the freshman quarterback, is a guy who stayed uh, stayed committed to Iowa State even after being offered by Alabama and some other teams like that. And that's true. He did have an Alabama offer. If you look at his rival profile, that is a true story. So he's a pretty good player. And let's talk about the team that may be playing in the Big 12 championship game based on their recent play. The Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably uh, probably not going to happen. But again, pretty much everything I've said is going to happen has not happened. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kansas, of course, beating TCU. TCU is not a, not a good football team, but uh, still, Kansas rolling into uh, to beat TCU was shocking as well. I was I was more shocked at. Texas losing at Oklahoma State based on the way they played, but second, a close second was the Jayhawks beating the Horn Frogs, who are in an absolute free fall at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, Gary Patterson was not happy and should not be happy with the way his season's going. No kidding. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of the Big Twelve beat here with the barrister. A little extra bonus we get from you each week when we can get a little gridiron talk. That, that that's, that's not too painful for you, is it? Not painful at all. Okay. I love talking football almost as much as I love talking barbecue. <laughs> all right. Well, we won't hold you back anymore. Let's move over to the grilling. Hey, Halloween, does that mean anything when it comes to grilling? Well, unless you're handing out ribs and pork sandwiches to the trick-or-treaters, uh, it just means another opportunity, I guess, to have a uh, – have a cookout if you want. Do it early and then go trick-or-treating after you've uh, enjoyed some, some food. Now, you got the kind of the fall the fall theme going on. You can always uh, – I like to put some corn uh, on. I always think of corn in the fall, but uh, I like to put some corn on the, on the grill um, and cook it. That's pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, anything else you like, shoot, it's just another reason to fire up the grill as far as I'm concerned. Well, most people have learned the whole trick of cooking corn in a microwave. That's a couple of minute endeavor there. What is the average length of cooking time for corn on a grill? Well, 
it takes longer than in a microwave. Okay. I can tell you that. But uh, yeah, if you like to, if you like, uh, if you like grilled corn. There's a couple ways to do it. You can put it directly on the grates and, and watch it really, really closely there. But you got to be real careful. Uh, the other way to do it is the way I like to do it is to uh, to shuck it, put a little butter in there, uh, wrap it in foil. And put it on the grill with some charcoal. A little bit of wood smoke is good too. By the time you're done, probably 20 minutes or so, depending on the heat you use. But you want to cook it indirect. You get a little smoke in there with that butter on an ear of corn, and it is it's pretty pretty tough to beat. I got to be honest with you. But yeah, it takes a little bit longer than the microwave, that's for sure. Well, is there a way to keep your corn from getting dry when you put it on a grill? Kind of keep it yeah, moist. So, yeah, so so wrapping it, uh, putting some butter in the foil and wrapping it in foil will basically steam the corn along ah, with some charcoal okay. smoke. That'll do it. That'll give you a totally different kind of texture. Um, you can even finish it if you like the corn with the with a little bit of brown, kind of caramelized outside, and I I certainly do. You can always finish it. Uh, you can cook it to, to where it's, it's nice and tender and cooked, and then pull it out of the foil and put it directly over your your heat source and give you a little caramelization. But yeah, that'll be a yeah, that's some of the best, some of the most uh, tender, moist corn you're going to have. When you wrap it like that, it turns into a little bit of a buttery steam bath in there. And I know you've done just about everything. You like to experiment when it comes to grilling. Hey. Have you ever experimented with a pumpkin? No, I've never experimented with a pumpkin. Um, I do like to put on my white lab coat and get out there with the test tubes <laughs> and things like that, but uh, never pumpkin. Closest would be squash. I love to love to grill squash and grill zucchini and things like that. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll figure out a way to... Well, you know, a pumpkin is a form pumpkin. of squash. You, I'm sure you know that. That right? it is. That it is. You're correct. Uh, maybe I'll figure out a way to smoke pumpkin and, and turn that into a pumpkin stew or something like that. I don't know. I can put that on the list. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea before tomorrow night if you can make that happen. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a shot. How about that? All right. All right. Well, good deal. Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, is our special guest here on the Y'all Show. We're not done with the barrister. When we come back, he is educating us. I told you he's the guy that likes to experiment with his lab coat and all. And last week, he told us all about the three forms of barbecue, but he only really got to dive into one of those three, and that was talking about ribs. The second more popular form of barbecue is pork shoulder. And when we come back, the barrister is going to break it all down, what that really means. And then, I bet you, next week on the show, if time permits, we'll get into the other barbecue form that is quite popular, and that would be the brisket. Am I right on that, Professor? Guessed right. Yes, sir. All right. Good deal. All right. So when we come back, shoulder will be the topic of discussion. You're listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl and special guest, Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent as we keep the fun going here on this Tuesday. We've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue talking all things Q and Matt Hearmans. We started on last week's show breaking down the popular forms of barbecue. There are three, ribs, shoulder, and brisket. Now, we went all through the rib portion last week. Now, today, we're going to break it all down on the world of shoulder. So... Professor, what does shoulder actually mean? Well, I'm glad you're at, you asked, Mr. All. I, uh, you asked, can I, I tell? That's right. Turns out I can help you out with that question. So when people talk about shoulder, uh, that is the entire, literally, it is literally the shoulder of uh, the hog. And uh, people, you know, you people have heard of pork butt, uh, pork picnics. Um, and pork shoulder. The way this works, and you can uh, you can annoy some of your friends at a at a party when you start talking about barbecue, and you uh, or impress them depending on <laughs> how you come at it. The shoulder is the entire piece of meat. You can buy an entire shoulder at some meat market. That is the picnic and the butt. Those are the two parts of a pork shoulder. Uh, you probably can can understand the way I'm going here that the butt is not actually the rump of the hog itself. It is simply uh, one part of what we call the entire shoulder. So an entire pork shoulder is the picnic and the butt. And that's just two parts of the shoulder. The butt is generally considered to be the more tender, uh, meatier part of the shoulder that is a lot of times separated from the picnic. And the picnic is kind of the lower, uh, also meaty, but generally considered a little bit tougher, um, not quite as 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 meaty and, and tender as the butt, uh, but when you put them together, you can find a picnic at a store as well um, sometimes. But when you put them both together, the picnic and the butt, that makes the entire shoulder. So when somebody talks about smoking a butt, it's a particular part of the shoulder on the upper part uh, that is a lot of a very very popular thing to cook. 
And if somebody says shoulder, typically they'll mean the same thing, but they could be talking about a picnic as well. It's just the entire thing. So when I talk about pork shoulder, I'm talking about part of the shoulder, butt or picnic or the whole thing. It doesn't matter. It all makes great pulled pork. You're going to get the same kind of meat out of it if you cook the whole thing. Does that does that make sense? Hey, anytime you talk about butts, you have my attention. <laughs> I like big butts, and I cannot lie, John, i got to tell you. Um, or pig butts, as they say, um, if you want to be clever about it. So, I, yeah. bet, I bet somebody's put that on a T-shirt somewhere. I think... I think I might have stolen that from someone, but I'm not. I, I can't remember, so I guess that's that's legal. So anyway, so I figure we talked about ribs last week. Uh, yeah. Kind of ribs 101, the basic way to cook your rack of ribs, and I think if you follow those steps, you're going to have barbecue. And Matt, I celebrated that fact last night. You know how I celebrated ribs? I Hopefully had by eating some. Yeah. Well, I, yes, I had. Gourmet ribs at McDonald's. I had my first McRib <laughs> of the year. They're they're out. Yeah, you know what's funny about the McRib? You ever notice that there's no bones in there? That's weird, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's weird magic. Magic how they get those bones out of there. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we're we're on the same page. You're celebrating barbecue your way. I'm gonna celebrate barbecue my way, and uh, that's it's a happy barbecue world. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to shoulder here. Right. If you can yeah, shoulder the load. Shoulder. So I'm going to do the, the same kind of uh, shoulder 101. It's kind of what I did on ribs. And maybe we'll come back and we'll do like graduate level shoulder and graduate level ribs later. But let's cover the basics here today. If yes, anybody sir. wants to make some pulled pork, what you need to start with is the shoulder of yeah. some sort. So you go to your uh, go to your local grocery store or your local meat market and Nine times out of ten, what you're going to find is a is a butt. It's either called uh, they just call it a pork butt, or it's called a Boston butt, or it's called a pork butt roast, or a or a Boston butt roast. They're 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 named different things, but that's the pork butt. Nine times out of ten, you're going to find that. It's usually somewhere between eight and say thirteen pounds. It's kind of a big rectangular uh, piece of meat. Uh, with a bone in the middle of it. So you want to get one of those. That's step one. Step two, you got to figure out what kind of rub you want to put on a shoulder. So uh, generally people like uh, a sweeter, kind of a sweet and savory type of rub for a shoulder. I can't tell anybody what type of rub to put on the on the shoulder. It's just all about what you like. Some people like it a little more savory. Some people like it a little herbal. Some people like it very, very sweet. Uh, it just depends, but either way, you got to get yourself a rub, and you've got to cover it uh, very, very uh, nicely. You want to put a nice layer of rub on the all over the pork butt. Make sure it's, it's coated nicely, and you're ready to roll. So that's the first part. You got to get your fire going. So you want to cook indirect, just like we talked about ribs. And if you're going to cook a butt or a shoulder or any part of it. You have to allocate a long period of time. This is an all-day type of smoke. There's really no way to to uh, quickly cook a pork shoulder that's going to be good. You've got to allocate essentially an hour a pound is the general rule. So if you got an eight, oh, hold on, shoulder, hold on, hold on. An hour uh, a pound is what you said. That's about generally correct. Okay, okay. that's it's in the ballpark. So okay. you get an eight-pound shoulder you got to allocate yourself eight hours. It's going to take that long. 
this is a long-term thing. This is a, a, a process you've got to go in uh, dedicated to completing. This is a project, as they say. So, you're, you're saying this is a sprint, not a marathon. It, well, something <laughs> like that. I think if, you, if a burger if a burger is the ultimate sprint, then this is uh, the Boston Marathon, put it that way. It's kind of like a Boston butt, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's weird how that matches up. So you got your meat, you got your rub all over the shoulder got it coated from side to side get your fire ready you want to cook it indirectly again like we talked about before if you've got a gas grill you want to make the the heat come from one side you want to put the meat far away from that burner Uh, if you got a charcoal grill you want to put your charcoal on one side of the grill you want to put the meat on the far other side and if you've got an indirect smoker you're good to go you just want to cook uh, make sure you cook around Uh, 250 is a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, temperature to shoot for, but anywhere from 225 to about 275 is okay. Uh, you do that for an hour a pound, you're good to go. So it's very, very simple. Like I say, people people will tell you uh, that it's, oh, it's easy to make a pretty good pork butt. Well, it's easy to make a pretty good pork butt. It's difficult to make an unbelievable pork butt, and the only way to get to an unbelievable one is to cook a bunch of them, to be honest with you. But Again, this is not a type of meat. If you put eight, nine hours into it, even a decent pork butt is pretty tasty, especially if you like sauce and, and things like that on your sandwich. So you got your butt. You got it covered in the rub that you like, whatever type that is. You got your fire going. Um, you're going to cook between 225 and 275, however you like. You got your meat on there. The great thing about the shoulder is you can let the thing sit and just chill out. Just let it sit and let it cook for a long period of time. You don't so have to flip it or anything. You don't flip it. You don't turn it. As long as you got it cooking indirect, you want to keep the lid down all the time, of course. Um, you don't have to do anything to it except monitor the heat and the wood. Now, of course, uh, wood is a, is a huge part of the barbecue experience. You've got to have that wood flavor. Um, so you got to choose what type of wood. A lot of people love hickory. Hickory is fantastic with pork, but you've got to uh, be uh, careful. You don't want to use a ton. In other words, you don't want to smoke this thing to death. You want to add hickory wood uh, steady and relatively lightly for a long period of time. That'll give you a beautiful smoke ring, which, of course, is the reaction between smoke and meat. Uh, but you want that perfect level of smoke, that deep, rich smoke, and not the overly bitter. You definitely don't want too little smoke. You don't want it to taste like it came out of an oven either. So yeah. you want nice, light, steady smoke uh, throughout the period of the cook. That'll give you that great bark. But hickory is a great option. That's that kind of creamy, almost bacony flavor. Pecan is good. Peach is a great wood um, for pork. It's just kind of what you like. Uh, I would not. Um, oak is okay, but I, I think oak's better on beef. But it's um, something to experience, uh, experiment with. Now, Barrister, I got to ask you, as a yeah, person challenged with grilling, where do you yeah. find these special types of wood? Okay, yeah, well, that's not too difficult if you're looking for it. You can find hickory. You can find hickory just about anywhere. I mean, in the well, in our in our in our neck of the woods. You can find hickory just about anywhere. You can go to your local grocery store and find hickory. Oh, okay, stuff. so the grocery stores have this kind of stuff. The grocery store. Uh, a lot of times the hardware or Home Depot. Okay. Absolutely. Big box like that. Lowe's. Uh, if you've ah, got an academy. Okay. Places like that. They'll have all kinds of different types of woods. Usually three or four different varieties. So just experiment. Experiment what you like. But uh, 
yeah, so you got your got it on. You got your fire rolling. Uh, you got temperature somewhere between 225, 275. You got the butt on there nicely rubbed up. Um, and you're smoking along. You're doing great. So all you got to do is make sure your heat stays fairly constant, which means you got to check your your coal and your wood maybe once every couple hours, depending on what type of grill you got. And how do you check um, your temp? Is there some kind of special thermometer that needs to be purchased? No, you don't. Not not necessarily. If you're if you're into it seriously like I am, you want to you do. There are thermometers you can put inside the grill to get the exact temperature of the cooker, as opposed to the each one of these any type of grill or smoker is going to come with its own thermometer, and these are usually accurate within 20 degrees or so so again if you're somewhere around 225 to 275 you're going to be fine even if you use the thermometer that's on the grill uh we get into like i say the graduate level courses here yeah i mean you might want to step up to a a one that you lay inside the grill that way you know exactly what it is right at the level of the meat but don't worry about that okay you you got a you got a thermometer that works on your smoker that's accurate enough to cook barbecue period so uh, the only real way to uh, to ch- to determine when your when your shoulder is ready to roll, ready to pull, and uh, dive into is with a thermometer. You've got to have a meat thermometer, period, because uh, you want to make sure the interior of that bud is cooked to the extent that it will come apart. Now, when people talk about doneness. Uh, Look, the bud is going to be done shortly. In other words, pork has to be cooked to around, uh, well, they say, some people say 150, some people say 160. It doesn't matter for our purposes because we're going to cook it way past that. So 160, if you try to eat a pork shoulder that's cooked to doneness, which is 160 or so, it's terrible. You don't want to touch it. It's springy. It's bouncy. It's awful. The reason we call it barbecue is because you want to cook it low and slow and for a very long time to where those connective tissues break down and it turns into that crumbly delicious pork shoulder that you want so you want to cook to about 200 degrees when you cook what i mean is you want the inside of that shoulder to be at 200 degrees and then you're ready to roll but no you don't want to go any less than 200 degrees you've done this doesn't matter for our purposes we're cooking all the way to 200 when it hits 200 that bone that's in the side of that shoulder or the butt is going to start to wiggle around or you can probably pull it out without any much effort. Uh, so once you hit 200, you're ready. You want to pull your shoulder off, put it in a foil pan or a big bowl, something that's going to hold it, and then you want to start tearing it apart. You can tear it apart with a fork. You can tear it apart with your hands. You can tear it apart with these with these bear claws you see sometimes that people use to tear the shoulder apart. Um, but once you pull it apart, you'll pick out the uh, the bone, give it to your dog or whoever, you know, maybe save it for a soup or something, whatever you want to do with it. But the rest of it is, is meat. The rest of it's good to go. I like to uh, tear it apart to the extent that the, uh, the outside bark is kind of mixed in with uh, the rest of the meat. That gives you a lot of flavor and texture and that intense smoke that you like. It's one of the best parts of the, of the butt. So that's it. It's a long-distance marathon. You want to cook it to 200 degrees, pull it off, pull it apart, however thick or thin you like your, your pulled pork. Then all you need is a bun and some sauce uh, if you <laughs> like that. But uh, And then you're, that's good. You're good to go. We can. Uh, there's all kinds of different things you can do to kind of, uh, again, get up to the, uh, the gradual level with the shoulder. 
that we can talk about those later. But I can tell you right now, if you if you follow the directions I just laid out for you, you are going to end up with a pretty tasty uh, batch of pulled pork that is going to please just about anybody who likes barbecue. Matt, is there a certain amount of time that you need to let the thing cool down once you get it off the grill? Um, yeah. Well, the, sometimes what I like to do is I like to immediately. Uh, it's not like a steak. You don't you don't have to rest it to where it, you know the juices come back in it because you're cooking it at such a low temperature. It's very different. But when you start to pull it apart, sometimes you want to use your hands. You want to make sure you get the big pieces broken up, and it needs to be cool to do that. So what I like to typically do is pull it off kind of uh, use use my fork or these, these little claws that are specifically for that to kind of pull it apart in three or four pieces, let some of that heat get out, come back 20 minutes later, and then kind of finish the job of pulling it apart. It'll still be plenty warm. But I like to get my, my clean, scrubbed hands in there and, and make sure everything's pretty evenly pulled apart and, and mixed well with my, with my hands and a fork. So you don't have to rest it, but as far as heat goes, if you're going to mess with it with your hands, you probably do want to rest it. Wow. And I'm paranoid about meat, especially something like barbecue. What about uh-huh. the preserving of it? Does it need to go into a refrigerator pretty soon if you're not going to be eating it? I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, I wouldn't. I don't know about how soon. I mean, I wouldn't let it sit out all day. Uh but it's going to be cooked to the extent that it's, it's, it's good to go. Now, I would, the way I typically do is I, I don't want it to sit out for more than like an hour or so. Okay. Um, but the you know, other thing you can do is you can keep it warm in an oven. If you, if you pull it into a foil pan, for instance, you can always stick it in like a 150-degree oven to keep it warm if people are kind of coming through and doing the, you know, cafeteria-style, eat whenever you want to deal, especially if you're tailgate or you've got a people watching the football game over there. It's nice to, to keep it warm. But, yeah, as long as you keep it warm, it doesn't stay out all day, it's going to hold for – it's going to be fine for a while. But, yeah, as soon as you're done with it, stick it in the fridge. You can warm it up later. And barbecue, pulled pork is good with everything. It's good with eggs. It's good in a, on a sandwich. It's good <laughs> with uh, with nothing else. It's good with a fork. It's yeah. good um, – good in an omelet it's good on a bagel it's good on everything john yes, i've never found anything that it's not good with well with we talked we talked ribs last week brisket will be the next thing we talk about matt yep. this, this is there not a shoulder as part of a cow because we just talked about pork shoulder today do the cows not have a shoulder that can be barbecued well they, they do it's called a shoulder clod c-l-o-d and okay. uh it's not something people typically barbecue. It's extremely tough and okay. extremely fatty. And, uh, but, no, it does exist. It okay. does exist. It's just not very popular. All right. I knew you would know. That's why we have you, the barrister of Botatious Barbecue, <laughs> once again, just doing an unbelievable job. Why didn't I learn this stuff in elementary school? I just don't understand. <laughs> I didn't either. We, we both went to the wrong school, to be honest with you. No kidding. But, luckily, we've caught up with you here in our in the sunset of our lives so we we will (laughs) (laughs) we are getting all of our barrister of barbecue greatness right here on the y'all show matt thank you very much for awesome awesome info happy to oblige all right and go trick-or-treat with your cue this has been the y'all show with john raw with our special guest matt hermans we will be back on here tomorrow talking country music and plenty of acc banter as well you don't want to miss it it'll be the trick-or-treat edition of the y'all show with john raw 
Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1. Doug 2. Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome. 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool and percent underscore exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.